0: Greetings, cyberspace, and welcome to episode 70 of the Double Density Podcast with your hosts, Brian and Angelo. Double Density, your home to tech tales and Paranormal Primers. Now, first things first, Angelo, I need to make a declaration. You are already well aware of this, but I am particularly sick with a very uh, bad strain of some kind of cold or flu. I don't know what it is. I have been uh, taking vitamin C pills. I've been chugging Buckley's and also caffeinating in order to stay alive so that the good ship Double Density may move on into episode 70. So if I start to get loopy, feel free to be very, very liberal with your editing knife.
1: I did offer you a way out of this. I said, We can postpone until Tuesday or Wednesday, still leaving me lots of time to edit, but uh, I think you just want to soldier on and I think you're more interested in seeing what happens with you being partially ill and where the discussion goes tonight.
0: We often talk about, you know, leaving uh, comments and reviews as like a, like a social experiment. I feel like tonight this is a different kind of social experiment for us. Like we're going to see where this goes for me uh, and how long I can withstand recording before I uh, uh, faint. Maybe let's go with that. Well, well, we're still in our shortened summer schedule. So like we're trying to keep these episodes under an hour uh, and uh, I think we'll manage to do that tonight. That's true. So what have you been doing since the last time we spoke last episode? Because I feel like you want to tell the people something.
1: Well, I had uh, the fun, uh, pleasure and honor to uh, co-host RGBA with uh, Tyler Menard as Alex was on vacation and he said, hey, you want to do the show with me? I'm like, sure. So we did the show. It's out already for you to go listen. Episode 99, actually, quite quite honored to be
0: in uh, their pre-100th episode. Right. And it uh, lasts about a half hour. It's perfect. I uh, really enjoyed myself because it's weird hearing your co-host interact with other people when you're not there, as evidenced by you listening to me and TJ talk about the Anarchist Cookbook, right? So, uh, you know, it's kind of fun to uh, see each other spread our wings because we really want each other to win at the end of the day, I feel. Yeah. And it's funny that within a day, uh, two podcasts came out with us co-hosting with someone else. Oh, that's a very good point, actually. Yeah. So you recorded uh, night one and then like the next day pretty much dropped. Yeah, because I just come back from vacation. And uh, as people know, we record a little bit
1: before these episodes come out. And uh, But Tyler managed to turn around that episode in like a day and a half.
0: Right. Which we can do. We just feel like it's a little too much work to do um, on a continual basis. Yeah. we uh, Like we've mentioned before,
1: the, the podcast is a fun hobby for us. And this uh, editing can take quite a while. So I just
0: do a bit every night and then I uh, have it ready for you by the weekend. Speaking of things you're doing a little bit every night, last week you dropped the bombshell on me that you did not buy a new hard drive or a cloud service, but you bought yourself a Nintendo Switch. So how has it been like week one or like week one and a half of owning a Nintendo Switch? And if anybody has not listened to Brian's reaction of me getting a Switch, uh, please go
1: back and listen. It's like around the seven minute mark of last week's episode and it's priceless.
0: I also want to point out that Angela has yet to invite me over to play with his Switch. So I'm doubting the uh, greatness of our friendship here, but that is neither here nor there. So tell me a little bit about the Switch. I should invite you right now,
1: but uh, let me talk about the Switch. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I'm really impressed with how far Nintendo's come since the Wii U. And I'm one of the major proponents of the Wii U out there. A lot of people were down on it, and I liked it quite a bit. One of my favorite Mario games is actually Super Mario 3D World, which is the main is reason the I bought one? a Switch.
0: Yeah, it's fantastic. Right. So the Wii U, I feel like we've talked about this before. It's just like, it's a very sad, misnamed um, console. Yeah, and also like the the
1: way it it's kind of clunky feeling. The The gamepad is huge. It works. It's neat. But it doesn't feel as sturdy as the Switch. That's something I noticed right away is when I pick up a Switch, it, it feels like substantial. Maybe that's because everything's in that handheld piece of equipment. Whereas with the Wii U, it's just a like a plastic bubble that has like the screen in it. But the guts of it are mostly in the Wii U itself. The games are great on the Wii U. But the Switch just feels better, like, the the way you interact with it. Um The two-screen thing was kind of annoying sometimes. And it didn't really... They seemed to kind of try to do something with it that never ended up working out. Whereas now the Switch, yes, I guess it kind of has two screens because you're on the TV or not. But, like, when it's in the dock and it's on the TV, you can't see the screen, unlike the Switch. Right. Uh,
0: the, the unlike Wii the Wii U. Right. So it, I feel like the way in which they constructed their uh what are they called Joy-Cons? Yeah. Right. I feel like it's a direct response to the clunkiness of the Wii U cuz like the the pad with the screen was is it's almost like a, like a weird air hockey table almost. It really is. Um it's funny my my son
1: uh, has been not really playing with the Switch as much as like he's in the last week since we got a Switch. He's become much more excited about the Wii U all of a sudden. So we wanted to play Mario Odyssey, and now he's been playing uh, Mario Kart. We bring the Wii U upstairs, and he, he uses the the gamepad while my daughter and I are playing Mario Odyssey. So he's okay. playing Mario Kart, and we're playing Mario Odyssey, although mostly we've been playing Mario Odyssey together. I haven't played that game alone. It's uh, it's basically uh, my kids want to finish it with me. Right. And they control Cappy, and I control Mario, and it's really, really good. Are you looking forward to Splatoon 2? Do you care at all? my kids really want to get splatoon 2 um i may get it it's just games are really expensive
0: yeah they are and also like nintendo's launching this like online play system right i i, I think it's on a monthly basis i'm not quite sure i like don't i haven't i've heard it well i, I know listen to the specifics of it so if you have those could you call it well, I, I know about it actually so i i kind of looked into it
1: i think it's under 50 dollars a year for canadians so if you pay you can pay
0: by year and it's like, uh, I think it's 40 bucks or something. It's really not that expensive. But the only thing is that they've mentioned the capability to play NES games with other people. But the only one they've shown so far is Super Mario Brothers 3, which is a turn-based two-player game. It's not a co-op game.
1: Yeah, and so it's going to launch with 10, and uh, no, with 20 NES games. And they've mentioned the, uh, 10 of them, Mario Brothers 3 among them, Super Mario Brothers. I think uh, Balloon Fight is in there. There's a bunch of games. Uh, they're going to slowly be announcing more. Uh, and now you can play online for free when that comes out you're gonna have to pay to play online with splatoon 2 Uh, i'm thinking of getting that game though because it looks really nice i never ended up getting splatoon for the wii u though did you ever play that uh very very briefly Yeah, it was super fun yeah people seem to really like it but the game i've been playing the most alone is shovel knight which i believe
0: you're familiar with Yes. So i played that on the PlayStation 3. I played the first DLC pack where you could play as like Plague Knight, I think. And I don't know if you know this, but they're still going to be releasing DLC. Really? The version I bought is called uh, Shovel Knight Treasure Trove. So it comes with
1: the Plague Knight DLC as well as a Specter Knight DLC. Uh, These are the bosses we're talking about in the game. Now, uh, did you finish it? Yes, I finished the original quest. So I didn't finish the whole thing yet. I'm I think I'm like six bosses in. I know I got the achievement for halfway done and I did two more bosses after that or three. And I've got a bunch of the relics. And uh, so if people don't know what we're talking about, look, look up Shovel Knight. I'm going to post a great YouTube video by someone named Mark Brown, who I recently discovered and probably would have made my top five YouTube channels at this point um, because he does fall into the category of under 500,000 subscribers. And he really goes through games Uh, Carefully, I think he's a game designer, if I'm not mistaken, but he talks about what Shovel Knight gets right with the nostalgia thing because it's something I've thought of, and he mentions it very clearly in the video how we often kind of look back on 8 bit games or 16 bit games and make them better than they were in our brains. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, like when you're a kid, the excitement and the enjoyment of games uh, certainly has like a certain tinge to it that when you return to it as an adult doesn't necessarily uh, hold true for a lot of these games well you remember the graphics being better the control being better the
1: sound being better everything being easier to deal with but the truth is a lot of the controls the the way things worked uh, the difficulty in these games was really badly tuned in some cases
0: yeah and i feel like what shovel knight does really well so to anyone i, I feel like we need to, to very briefly describe the game shovel knight is a sprite-based 2d platformer where you go through a series of levels in order to complete quests but what the game does geniusly is that it um sort of scales up properly in terms of of difficulty right so at the beginning you get to learn how to do certain techniques and beat certain bosses and as you acquire new items and new um ways to move it's the game sort of uh ratchets up the challenge factor
1: Yeah, and you can make it as hard or as easy as you want. Well, sort of. It is really hard. But uh, the way the checkpoints work, it's kind of interesting, is that you can use the checkpoints, but if you want, you can farm them for gold and gems and break your checkpoint so you get money for it. You get lots of money for it, but then you don't have that checkpoint anymore. Right, so it's kind of a gamble. Yeah, Uh, and uh, being the uh, 40-year-old gamer I am now who has lost his reflexes and is not very good, I uh, take every checkpoint I can.
0: Do you feel scared about going back to the original Mega Man games for the NES, like the 1 through 6? I know you've mentioned briefly playing that, but uh, like beating it, I guess, would be the best way of putting it. Have you um, had any luck with that?
1: Well, I I played Mega Man 2 with the kids, and well, they didn't play it because it's really hard, but I I beat it with them. Um, However, the RetroPie does have save states, making it a lot easier. Right. I can't remember what stage it is, but you know where you're falling and there's those laser beams that can destroy you? Yeah, that you got to go quick on. Yeah, Yeah. that is really hard. And having to start that over all the time would have driven me crazy. So every time I passed a block of lasers, I would do a quick save.
0: Another game that kind of reminds me of is is DuckTales, right? So I don't know if you know this, but DuckTales was like remade in 2013 or 2014. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Have you played that, the remake? I never ended up playing the remake. I did go back and play the original on... Um the, the original Capcom retro game you mean? Yeah. Yeah, the on the Retro Pi. And I forgot, but the music in that game is fantastic. It really is. That in the remake, too. So I have played through the remake many times trying to get all the trophies. And uh, it is a very enjoyable experience. It's one of those games where you can pick it up. And there are certain very hard moments in terms of uh, getting certain achievements unlocked. But by and large, going through the game is is pleasant. It doesn't take too long. Uh, it does get a little more difficult towards the end. But it's definitely like a worthwhile experience. And I feel like Shovel Knight kind of falls into that category, too. And I kind of wanted to ask you like a very quick question, um, and I have kind of a theory behind this, and I kind of wanted to discuss this with you. Um, why do you think that um, sprite-based and not polygon-based games um, still are so popular um, beyond the nostalgia factor? Because I kind of have a theory about this.
1: Well, before you we go on, it's funny you mentioned DuckTales, because uh, the last thing I downloaded in Apple Music is the soundtrack to DuckTales Remastered. Really? Oh, that's super interesting. Yeah, I, I've been really into video game music lately for some reason. Uh, mostly nerdy jazz reharmonizations of old video game
0: music, but still uh, video, video game music nonetheless. And I somehow, for some reason, have been listening to the Dust Brothers soundtrack to the Fight Club movie, but I don't even know why. Uh, I just, uh, it was something I was doing as a teen. And over the last like week or so, I've really gotten into it. And I can't even like explain why I've decided to return to that. Well, that's the joy of music is you sometimes you just listen to stuff and you don't know why. Being an awkward teen.
1: Yeah. Now, why do uh, 2D games have such an interesting draw to people still? I think there's something to be said about the simplicity of just a 2D plane, not having to worry about uh, looking all around you and just going left to right or up or down. Uh, There's something to be said about that. Not just the nostalgia factor, but games started this way, or at least... The major games once the NES was able to scroll. uh, Because before the NES,
0: there really wasn't much scrolling, was there? Um, No, not really. I mean, maybe in some of the PC gaming, but by and large, no, it was was screen by screen. Even Pitfall was not
1: a scrolling game. You had to go screen to screen. I mean, it was a side scroller, but you still, uh, it was a a screen-based thing. Uh, So I think that's part of it. And it's hard to deny the nostalgia factor, except like even kids kids these days uh they're also enjoying games like Shovel Knight right. that have nothing to do that never played the original Mega Man or Zelda because uh something to be said about this game is and what the developers have said is that they based it on Mega Man, DuckTales, Castlevania, Super Mario Bros. 3 which you see in the um I hadn't thought of it but when you're choosing levels, it's very much Super Mario Brothers three. Yeah, like in the overworld. Yeah. Yeah. Like you even have and the sound almost is like it when, you know, like a Hammer Brothers would appear or a ship would appear on Mario Brothers three. Right. Well you have enemies that do appear in certain areas of the game as well as uh some bonuses and things. But apparently they also said and I can't see it in the game and maybe you can tell me why, they also mentioned UN Squadron as one of the games they based it on.
0: Oh really? I don't see it. I don't either. Maybe one of our listeners does. If you want, you can tweet us at double underscore density and let us know. But I don't really see it all that much. I guess I'll have to go back and replay it and take a look. Now, what's your theory about the 2D thing? Okay, so beyond the nostalgia factor, right? I feel like there are certain people who... I feel like video games have reached a certain point of photorealism that um, kind of tie ourselves to reality a little too much. And I feel like you were saying before, like 2D side-scrolling sprite-based stuff is clearly a video game and there's like that very clear demarcation of like what is real and what is a construct right so i feel like there's a part of our brains that enjoys um not necessarily just the simplicity you would mentioned but also the idea that this is clearly demarcated as a video game versus um a, a video game like the last of us right that's very photorealistic and i love the last of us actually and i i may actually buy the ps4 game
1: when it comes out at the the second one should be coming out this year is yeah it next should be coming year? out this year yeah I have, I uh, the last game I bought for the PS4, actually I bought two games at the same time, and it's funny uh, because it's appropriate here. I bought uh, Uncharted 4, right. which I haven't finished uh, yet. It's a good game. It's great. It's beautiful. It's well done. Um, but it's a bit too much. Uh, I don't know if you know, know what I mean. It's just there's too much going on. There's just too and, much to do. Yes. Uh, and even that, it's relatively linear in comparison to something like Assassin's Creed. But the other game I picked up, which I have not played yet, is Axiom Verge. <laughs> so it's like the two right. thing. It's one's two D, a very Metro Metroidvania type game, and then there's Uncharted Four, which is uh, a more A much more modern day game, which is it's like at the pinnacle of modern day games, if if one would say that.
0: But yeah, I I do think that there's like some people enjoy the fact that like they're drawing a line in the sand and saying, this is what I want to do with my time. I want to engage in this and remind myself that a video game is a video game and not necessarily uh, an interactive movie or, you know, something super sprawling. You you know, I feel like there's a certain uh, quaintness to it that people relate to.
1: This is why I like Mario games the most. Yeah. There are the most video gamey of video games, whether it's an old Mario game or the most modern Mario game. Even Mario going open world like you do in Odyssey, it is still a video game. You can clearly tell it's a video game. And I think that's one of the reasons why. uh, Have you seen the New Donk City level where Mario's in this like New York type area where there's actual human beings?
0: Yes, and he sits on a bench and
1: stuff. And Mario still looks like himself? Yes, Well, one of the reasons they kept Mario looking like himself,
0: apparently, is to make it clear that he's a video game character. Okay. So once again, another clear demarcation. Exactly. Uh, So moving laterally, we're still going to talk about video games, but in a different way, uh, but not so much, is uh, keeping old video games uh, new. And so I want to preface this by, like, I sometimes force you to talk about things like Twitch, which you have, like, no particular interest in, right? I like video games, but the video game channels I
1: watch on YouTube... Are all to do with retro games or history of games,
0: anything like that. I don't really watch new games. My kids watch stuff like that. The reason why I bring up Twitch is that um, in the retro gaming community on Twitch, not just necessarily speedrunning, but just the retro community in general, there's been a recent emergence of something really cool and really interesting that takes older games and sort of like uh, reformats them to something new. And so what they've done is they've, uh, there are these patches that you can legally download uh, for your uh, cart um if you want to keep things legal um that basically randomize a game so one of the big things uh and uh you see this at speedrunning events a lot these days is there's a randomizer for uh link to the past for the super nintendo right so what they do is that every chest contains something different than what it's supposed to in the game so you're supposed to uh go out there and be able to figure out your next moves based on what you already have so it kind of changes the game and it randomizes it every time you play so it's very very different right so the idea at hand is that you start a quest and you don't know how you're going to finish it necessarily and can it randomize it to the point where it becomes unplayable? Yeah. So you, there are ways in which you can soft lock yourself if you don't pay attention. And what a soft lock is, is that you reach a point in the game that is, uh, you cannot move forward, but it is very, 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 very next to impossible from the way I understand the algorithms and the way that the programmers okay. built this. And so, for example, for every castle, they'll make sure that there's the big key, that there's a map, and there's a compass in there. Okay. Okay. So there's like some baseline rules. Because back in the early days of video games, some video games were so poorly made that uh,
1: you could easily lock yourself into a certain part uh, if the game was not thought out properly. That rarely, if ever, happened with first-party Nintendo games, but uh, you could see it happening with some, uh, well, let's say, like some of the lesser
0: third-party right. NES, people. right? Uh, But yeah, I mean, there's like some baseline rules and they've uh, the programmers have done such a good job of making sure that it's next to impossible in order to soft lock yourself. Um, But then they've upped the ante on this. And it's something that I've only recently seen is that they've merged Link to the Past and Super Metroid together. So what happens is that you start out um, uh, in either or and based on certain doors. So what they've done is they've used certain um, save uh, suites in Metroid to uh, warp you to Zelda and vice versa. So you sent me this video. Yes. And
1: uh, it's funny. The first thing I said to you is I, I can't really watch the whole thing because they're too sweary for me at this point. Uh, but it was a good video. But I was really surprised. I say, like, okay, what is this? He's just talking about Metroid. But what what's with the randomizing thing? I was curious if they were like have challenges in different games, but no,
0: he goes into a door and all of a sudden you're in link to the past. Yeah. And so there are, there are items for both games. So in in the Zelda portion, there are Zelda items and super Metroid items and the same thing for the Metroid portion. So you have to go back and forth in between the games and the game is only complete when you beat both and bosses. And he did something interesting in Metroid where there's a place where there should be a tank up there.
1: And he ended up getting um, knocked into uh, that thing but
0: it's the power gloves from length of the past. That was pretty cool he damage it, it, the term is damage boost so when you okay. get hit by an enemy intentionally in order to reach a certain point you couldn't um it's also done a lot in the earlier castlevania games i've seen uh, because obviously i spend way too much of my time uh watching twitch streams uh but it's a super interesting technique and it kind of forces your brain to be like okay i have the following items and the thing is that like they're not in sequence or in order right so they get the gloves which you're not supposed to get for a little while in Zelda, so you can go and do certain things but he doesn't have a sword for the first little while either right so he's got to be careful of all the enemies
1: yeah, it's it's really an interesting concept. I don't know if I'd be able to deal with it. I don't. I think my brain can't think in two games. I have enough trouble playing two games separately at the same time.
0: So uh, I can imagine playing two games at the same time in the same instance concurrently. Yeah, I just thought it was a really interesting way in which um, these consoles and these games are are kept alive and refreshed in different ways that weren't necessarily intended for like decades ago, but have managed to rejuvenate themselves and still gain interest, you know, decades down the line.
1: Yeah. And it's something that's, uh, that's come up recently is Nintendo forcing these ROM websites to get rid of all their old ROMs before Nintendo sues them into oblivion. And, um, that's, yeah, it's, it's kind of sad. Hopefully it just means that Nintendo's new online service will have like all the old games whenever you want, but I know they won't.
0: Uh, and that's, and that's a, a struggle I've listened to. Many different people sort of uh, talk about in the last couple of weeks when this was announced. I think it was like ROM Paradise or whatever, uh, uh, you know, got a cease and desist. And basically, a lot of these games are unavailable otherwise unless you buy the physical cartridge and some of them are scarce, et cetera. But at the same time, they're not available for sale. So what are you supposed to do? You're kind of caught in the middle. And so there's like this weird gray zone for um, some of these intellectual properties in order to be able to play them and enjoy them. Um, and I, I, I bet there's a whole bunch of licensing issues between, you know, uh, Nintendo and these... These other developers, right? So some of the people that you know may have been around 30 years ago. Who knows who owns the IPs now, right? So,
1: I and I, I look, I, I partake in getting ROMs off these sites. I use them to get the ROMs for my uh, RetroPie. And look, I'm not like doing anything weird with these games. I'm just enjoying them and bringing back memories of the games I rented at a certain point. It's not like I'm selling them or doing anything illegal, I guess. But
0: as long as you're not handing them off to other people, I think you're fine.
1: Yeah, and. Is this a double density PSA moment here? No, it's not. I'm just saying it's. I feel like it's. There's no real harm being done. It's not like these things are being sold new anymore. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know what I mean? It's not like some. There's Mario Three is is coming down on the charts because so many people are pirating the ROM. No, you can't even go to a store and buy these. I mean, the store most people used to go and buy these games in are like closed down. You can't go to Toys R Us and pull your little card out and bring it to the. Unhappy person in the the bunker
0: in the back and get your game. <laughs> the nostalgia moment of the week brought to you by Angelo Fiorentino. Daydreaming about bringing that. Uh, how how much was it? Ninety bucks. Mario Brothers Three was ninety dollars Canadian yeah, in like nineteen
1: ninety. back all you had to do was ask super mario
0: brothers 3 from nintendo now you're playing with power double density last item on the docket here on the tech side of things for episode 70 double density Angel, i'm gonna give you a choice okay good we can either talk about a, a sad apple story or a sad netflix story so i feel like i know which way you're gonna go on this one but i'm giving you the illusion of choice Sad Netflix. Okay, did I win? I knew you'd say Sad Netflix. Of course you'd say uh, we can't. Besmirge. Apple does nothing wrong. Yeah, exactly. Your personal lord and savior. Apple, even though when their batteries explode uh, in stores, right? It's just one battery. Well, there have been reports of a couple in stores. Anyways, we're not going to get into that because you don't want to talk about it. You can go look it up. We'll put the, we'll put the link in the show notes. Uh, we definitely will. So, okay, so a sad Netflix story. So Netflix is slowly starting to emulate cable TV, and what I mean by that is that they're slowly inserting promos. Uh, of their own shows uh, in between. So if you're watching like two episodes, they'll put the uh, promo um, that some people are claiming is skippable and some people are claiming is unskippable uh, for their own shows in between episodes. So the,
1: the articles from the Chicago Tribune and my favorite part of it is whoever got the quote, the PR person from Netflix called them stories like a grandmother would talk about her soaps.
0: Right, so the idea there is that they're trying to soften the language, right? Because they don't want to call them commercials. That's 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 nonsense. That's what they're trying to get away from. That's why people have chosen Netflix over cable and terrestrial TV, right? Yeah, but it's just weird. It's just I definitely you're paying for this anyway, and they're already becoming annoying. With any time you hover over something, all of a sudden a preview starts starts playing. It drives me crazy. So here's a list of things I don't like about Netflix right now because, hey, we're on the mic. Uh, There's that. There's also the fact that I can't auto-set my uh, audio to stereo inside of 5.1 because I don't have 5.1. You can't do that? No, you have to go in per program and do it. Really? Yes. On my Roku. I've never noticed. Yeah. I'm half deaf, though, so I guess I don't really oh, okay. know. Okay, because it makes a huge change in a smaller space when you go from five to two channels, right? So it actually improves the quality. Um, there's that. There's the autoplay, which we just mentioned. There's the inability to actually go through um, whole sections now. I don't know if you've noticed that. To skip? No. Like, you remember, like, you'd be able to be like, okay, I'm going to go into the menu section, and then I'm going to go to different categories. It's pretty much gone right now. It's And it's only the, the side-scrolling ones. It's not the full... Um, Oh yeah. That's yeah. That, that is really annoying. Um, something else. I don't know if you've noticed this, their thumbnails for shows
1: sometimes show spoilers.
0: Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Uh, very, very problematic. And this is just like a a very quick laundry list of issues we have. I feel like we're just like two old men complaining about technology, but I feel like if they're going to take my money on a monthly basis, they better at least uh, square up properly. Right. I can't even access other uh, countries, Netflix anymore because they've got that on that. Yeah, I never had uh, the uh, pleasure of being able
1: to do that. I, I don't have a VPN, but uh, that is something that I, I guess I understand why they stopped letting people do that because of licensing, but... Yeah. I, the, the, licensing I, sometimes can
0: be much more detrimental to the consumer than anything else. Uh, I feel like that is a very large conversation we need to have down the line, I think. Also, I don't know what I am talking about when it comes to that, so oh, perfect, uh, great. Take, take my take my words with a grain of salt. Angelo Fiorentino, a lawyer at large here, uh, a man wanting to talk about the idea of copyright, about uh, Creative Commons licensing, uh, free use, how that works. Uh, for all your questions, go ahead, hit him up on Twitter at Angelo Fiorentino. Uh, no question will be turned away, right? None. And with that, Angela, I will see you in the paranormal section. I'm going to go take a quick swig of Buckley's, if I can find it. Where did I leave it? And I will see you there. Great. Hello, all you curious creatures out there. I'm Amber Ray. And I'm Andrew McKay. And we are the hosts of Into the Portal. If you like myths, legends, history with a paranormal twist, join us every week as we explore lesser known mysteries of our world and beyond. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, and all other major podcast platforms. And at intotheportal.com, your gateway to the bazaar. The only question is, do you dare peer into the portal? Welcome back to Double Density. As always, we are switching gears from tech to the paranormal. The first story on the docket this week is one of political intrigue. It is one of uh, very high importance to certain people. It is an Associated Press story all about how the German government has no plan in case they ever have to deal with aliens. Now, why is the German
1: government the one singled out here? Does this mean other governments have ideas in place for what to do when aliens land? Or is it just because it came up somewhere?
0: I feel like it came up in the comments and uh, so like the opposition leader brought this up during a session and then the government said, quote, there are no protocols or plans for possible first contact with alien life. And they also uh, also believe their first contact on German territory is extremely unlikely based on today's scientific knowledge and that's a direct quote. So based on the
1: scientific knowledge that we're probably um, too far away from any other civilizations to make contact or that they would probably just go straight to like North America
0: Right. White House lawn, that's where they would go. Is right. that what scientists think? I, that's a really good question. I don't know if it's based on uh, geopolitical reasons, uh, masquerading as scientific reasons, or actual literal scientific reasons. Or the aliens look like fish and they just go to like an aquarium or the ocean first. See, that's... Okay, 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 okay. So this is one of my favorite things to think about. Um, I do believe that we humans have this fallacy to believe that aliens would want to talk to us first. And I'm saying we as humans... Wasn't that, like, the whole premise of Star Trek Four? Yes, with the whales. Yeah. Yeah, so Star Trek Four, they believe uh, that the whales are the most important people uh, on Earth. Yeah. And to bring things to a full circle, though, um, strangely enough, I feel like this is two different stories, like, stuck to one. Because the second half of the article covers the fact that the Little Prince has been translated into Klingon.
1: Yeah. What
0: a weird, I I
1: think he just didn't have
0: enough to say because the article is literally four short paragraphs. Right. But I mean, this is just a brief that you'd stick into the, like a side panel of the newspaper on the A section, like the news section. I don't know why they're like, you know, selling a two for one here. He had nothing else to say about the aliens. So I,
1: I love the image they put. Is that somebody getting beamed aboard a UFO? It's sort of like our logo, isn't
0: it? Yeah, a little bit. Can we sue? Uh, no, but we could stick it, just get in there, call it a brand new work, because um, okay. we're talking about copyright before, and just claim it as our own. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Go. It's good, good. It's, a, it's a derivative work. It's fine. It's like a ROM. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Speaking of UFOs, though, you claimed, uh, and you completely forgot about this, and I don't understand why, because I feel like it is the bread and butter of our show, but you may have had a UFO encounter. Okay, so I didn't have a UFO encounter. It's just, I knew exactly what I was seeing,
1: but when I saw it, I said to myself, hey, people would mistake that for a UFO quite easily. And at Disney World, kids can buy, or adults if they want, these balloons that are giant Mickey ears. But inside, you see a uh, flashing light. And some poor kid must have lost his, and it was floating in the sky, but it looked like a pulsating ball in the sky just floating there and moving in a strange pattern, I guess because of the wind up there. Like one of those classic fireball UFOs that have been reported? Yeah. And it looked very much like a UFO, and I tried to capture it on video. Uh, I, I took a video of it. I think I shared it with you. And it's not Andrew, a very yeah. good video because it was no, kind of not. far away and at night, so it's not super clear. But, but you tried uh, to keep it steady, and I respect that. I did. I, I was with my family. I said, hey, guys, I got a I, podcast duty calls. And uh, my friend was with us. Uh, he listens to the show. So uh, they were cool with it. So they walked ahead, and I took a video. Right near the stocks in uh, Liberty Square.
0: And your wife and kids were non No. uh,
1: Well, no. My daughter was like, oh, hey, is that a UFO, Daddy? It's perfect for your podcast.
0: Oh, there you go. So she could maybe become our assistant researcher in time. Yeah, maybe. One day. Um,
1: She was already looking at area... What Was she calling it? She wasn't calling it Area 51. She was calling it Sector 51. Oh. Which is much more uh, nefarious sounding.
0: It sounds very futuristic. Yeah. Area 51, I, I like, like low key between you and I and whoever's listening. I always felt like kind it of sounded like a, like a parking lot. Yeah. Just go park at the end of Area 51 next to the alien bodies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just, I, you know, it's kind of have a little bit of an un, unassuming name. And then sometimes I, you know, in my mind, I think these things, uh, also cause I'm on Buckley's. So yeah, you're slowly deteriorating. Uh, next story, Brian. <laughs> uh this one's a little bit more somber. Uh I do believe like this time last year we were covering the infamous blue whale game, right? That appeared on social media. Um basically throughout Europe and Asia where it was a series of challenges and it led to uh, a number of children unfortunately killing themselves. Um as the end of the challenge progresses, right? Cuz it starts innocuous and then it gets it gets more and more sinister. And uh something closer to home to us actually is that Longue, which is a um, so Montreal is an island, right? And Longueuil is located on the southern shore across from the St. Lawrence River. Yeah, close to my area. Yeah, exactly. So Long Grey, So the police in Longueuil have been saying that there's um, something new called the Momo Challenge. And it is very similar in nature to the Blue Whale Challenge. Um, and it's fueled through WhatsApp. And basically, it's just another form of cyberbullying. So my wife was looking at something the other day on her
1: iPad or on her phone. And I kind of glanced over and it was shocking to see what she was looking at. This horrifying like face and and I was asking what are you looking at it looked like I'm not even quite sure what it looked like and she had asked me if I heard about it in this Momo challenge and I had not heard about it and then you post this in our show notes and this is one of those uh, uh, Bader Meinhof phenomena things where you keep like you hear learn about something and then you just keep seeing it everywhere so now this Momo thing has been popping up everywhere but I guess it's because it's in the news oh yeah but I had not heard about it until two days ago and within hours you i saw my my wife was looking at it and you mentioned it so uh, just the image if you want to go look it up i haven't i'm not gonna it's not in the article i'm going to post in the show notes but you can look it up it's a really scary face yeah it is
0: and it talks
1: to you it tells you things that uh you feel no one else would know even though it's all stuff that's been posted on
0: social media Right. And it's just the idea of reformatting what is already out there in ways in which it seems surprising to you, right? And, you know, teenagers' brains aren't fully formed. Uh, they're very susceptible to this kind of thing. They're, uh, I- I'd argue that teenagers are rational emotionally, right? Yeah. Uh,
1: look, I see that with my kids growing up and I, and teenagers, their
0: hormones are going bonkers. So it's even worse at that point. Are you excited? Probably oh, not. yeah. I'm super stoked. Just offer your daughter when she turns 12 like a, a pack of smokes and a of Jack Daniels and see where this goes and maybe teach her a lesson. I don't think so. That being a teenager is bad. I will not be taking parenting advice from you just yet, Brian. Please don't. Please don't. It's the Bugley speaking. Uh, but yeah, I, I feel like it's it's unfortunate that like it, it seems continual and as we continue on through this social media age that yeah. v- there are various nefarious ways in which you can now get to people that you traditionally couldn't. Like you, like if someone wore a mask like this and came up to you and said these things, you probably you wouldn't feel as affected. No, because
1: it's like whatever. But if you're on your phone chatting with your friends and then all of a sudden this pops up and seems to know about you. Well, that's much more startling and frightening, especially because you're alone at that point. You're not out in the world. You're in the comfort of your own space and something's invading that space.
0: Yeah, and I feel like that isolation factor is um, very, very big. I was watching this whole video about um, the insult movement uh, on the weekend. And I feel like at the end of the day, like how you can defeat these kinds of things is literally through walking away and i mean that literally like going out and taking part in the world
1: yeah that that makes so much sense that unfortunately a lot of people who are put in these horrible positions don't end up thinking about that because they're so concentrated on
0: what's happening to them at the time right and once again like the isolation factor really just amplifies what's wrong with you right so if this anonymous figure steps into your social sphere and starts telling you these things and then you know really just starting to to bully you in a way that uh, affects you tremendously, then like, of course, you know, it's, it's going to end drastically, unfortunately. Yeah. We, uh, we really brought down the tempo here. Yeah. Well, look, I'll, I'll lighten up the mood here. All right. Following up on our haunted house stuff from the end of last week's episode. Right. So have you looked in the area to see if there are any haunted houses in uh, your part of the world? Possibly mine. Okay. All right. I want to hear about this. Go on. So my wife and daughter were upstairs sleeping. My son and I, Uh,
1: It was early Sunday morning. We're playing Super Mario Odyssey. I heard a loud bang and I felt it underneath me. So something happened in the basement. And then I heard water rushing. What? Yeah. That's not good, right? When you hear water rushing in your basement. So
0: I thought, what just happened? Was it a Megalodon? It was not Megalodon. It's a callback from last week for you folks out there uh, enjoying Double Density out here.
1: I run downstairs to the basement and it's coming from the bathroom. And there's not like, I mean, the bathroom's the bathroom. There's a shower, a sink, and a toilet. So the top of my toilet tank has been knocked off and water is just spewing out of it. Wow. So did you just stop to take a selfie? No, I oh. rushed to turn off the wa- the valve. So, But there was like a good inch of water in the corner already. It was just... Wow. Yeah, it, it was rushing out super fast. Because I live in a relatively new neighborhood, so the water pressure is incredibly good here so good for showers you're saying great for showers even two floors up on the top floor of the house and you figured out how to take a shower Uh, yes i've remembered i haven't burned myself since perfect
0: i'm just checking up on you because i care about you
1: and so the toilet is right next to where the water comes into the house so it's the pressure is really strong so it's coming out what happened is that um do you know how a a toilet works brian sort of yes In in terms of water flow yeah yeah so there's a fill valve right that tells When the water level will stop. Yes. And sometimes the toilet runs when you hear, like,
0: when something's not quite right with the fill valve, maybe and you kind of jiggle the handle or whatever. I used to, uh, uh, embarrassingly enough, I used to work at a pharmacy and there was a, uh, <sighs> There was a customer toilet that I wasn't de facto charge of like fixing a lot because people would screw around with it and the valve would be busted a lot and the chain would be busted uh, like on a regular basis. So I'd go in there with like a paperclip for a little while and try to fix it because my boss was too cheap to actually fix it. Yeah, because uh, fill valves are whopping whopping $20. Uh, yes.
1: A few weeks ago or a few months ago at this point, I guess I kind of moved the fill valve to make sure that it would stop running. And I guess it's one of these... Um, plastic ones it's a good one and it's quiet and it has this auto lock mechanism like real low tech stuff but it locks in place i must have kind of twisted it to unlock and over the past few months with the water pressure and and it doesn't get used very often the toilet in the basement either it must have slowly slowly gone into an, an unlocked position and finally popped up and the mess it made within in 30 seconds was incredible. And all I kept thinking that my luck of this happening, not when we were at Disney World for 10 days. Yeah, for sure. Because we would have come da- back to a horror show.
0: Yeah, that would have been not pretty. Uh, did you have anyone checking up on the house on a regular basis while you were gone? Not at all. There's no reason to. Uh, well, and there, there is now. I,
1: I get, yeah, but uh, anyway, I fixed it. I know why it happened. But uh, if I had forgotten that I'd done that, like, and there's no way this could move on its own,
0: right no, it's it, it would have G,
1: like some kind of yeah, and the fact that it knocked the toilet cover off that blew my mind it with such pressure it came up that that big heavy piece of ceramic came came
0: off. Were you expecting like slimer to like pop out at one point? It was really uh confusing going downstairs and seeing this is
1: why like this is not something. I even googled it and see if to see if this happened. I found like exactly one person it happened to. Like, it's not a common thing.
0: But it it happened to you, Angelo.
1: It happened to me, but it just made me think that if I'd forgotten that I had twisted off, twisted it and kind of played with it a few months ago, I could have thought that maybe a ghost or poltergeist was uh, playing with me. And uh, now if it happens again, uh, then I know it's a
0: ghost, a ghost or a poltergeist. Or a goat. A goat. It could be a goat. Bah. Um, a little more nefarious. Uh, maybe one of your kids. You know, <laughs> I wonder. I, I don't think my kids really know to do that. I don't. I, I definitely don't think it's them. But like as a kid, like I was doing stupid stuff. Like I was throwing magazines down the toilet and flushing them just to see what would happen. That's not good. I'm not putting it in like the realm of possibilities here, but I'm just saying like it's an outside chance.
1: Yeah. Anyway, all that to say, if there's any plumbers that are listening to this and there's something I should be thinking about, but I think I fixed it by making sure it's locked into place. But I have been obsessively checking that toilet once a day at least, to make sure that thing has not moved
0: counterclockwise into an unlocked position. You realize a man of a lesser distinguished level of intelligence would infer that you checking it means you using it, right?
1: Yeah, no, I'm not... Just I'm as not, an FYI. No, no, I'm, uh, it's not being used. I'm literally taking off the, the tank cover and making sure the thing hasn't turned by itself. Um, because then I'll,
0: I'll, I definitely have a ghost problem. Yeah, I also lowered the pressure in the uh, valve. Are, is there any way for someone to, like, enter your house and live in your house and you wouldn't realize it? You know, because I'm adding to your problem of anxieties here. No, not really. <laughs> not not really. I hope not. The door's locked. Switching from one kind of sea creature to another, the last story on the docket this week is a people.com article you linked me to about a really strange hairy sea monster uh, found in Russia. You brought up a good point. It looks less like a sea
1: monster and more just like a pile of garbage.
0: <laughs> it looks like shredded paper and plastic hung out. Like it looks like a like like ten thousand plastic straws just strewn together. Now have they have they figured out if it was at one time alive? Like I can't understand what it is. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Also, uh, just to point something out to you, like this was originally reported in the Siberian Times, so I don't know if I'm going to take that with the full weight um, of a newspaper record necessarily. The Siberian Times. Um, I love that all the pictures are from Pinterest. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Well, I mean, because it's cheaper to source it that way, right? I guess. But yeah, there's a two-minute video um, in the People.com article. Take a look at it. It's, uh, it's basically like they're walking around the body and wondering what it is. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It, it could look like plastic. It could be a gigantic bunch of bullet bears stuck together somehow. Uh, probably not, though. Uh, so basically, in the Siberian Times article, uh, they described that the most interesting thing to me is that the creature is covered with tubular fur. Um, so tubular hair It's hollow and similar to like a fiber optic cable. um, Is the same kind of hair that you find on a polar bear. That's interesting. I just learned something new. Uh, The weird thing is, like, you can't make heads or tails of this. Like, this is just a blob of of like. There's no discernible eyes, ears, and mouth or anything, right? No, it's a guy literally poking at it with a stick. Wouldn't Uh, you love to have that job? By the way, just you're the dude who gets to poke the new creatures and see what happens.
1: Yeah, but uh, I think they kind of
0: ascertain that it's just like a part of a whale yeah it looks like it could be like a, just a detached piece of a much larger creature too that's what i'm saying it's like it's so um singular in shape and, and uniform in the way that it looks is like it doesn't really have the kinds of features you'd expect as a standalone creature right
1: no I, I think it's it's just a something a part of an animal a huge animal likely a whale that kind of mixed with garbage and deteriorated and that's all it is, unfortunately. Nothing super exciting.
0: I mean, unfortunately, it's no Dogman, so I doubt that there's going to be anyone out there rushing to write paranormal romance stories about this large um, mass, whitish mass of, uh, of uh, existing creature.
1: Yeah, and uh, I think this, uh, this, this article did its job, though, because it's super
0: clickbaity, and we clicked on it. The sad thing, though, that I'm really sad about is that, that, that there's no, like no comment section because I feel like people.com would probably have like a lot of really interesting folks trying to comment on things. And unfortunately, this is not the case uh, over here because uh, I really want to know what housewives in uh, like a rural America think about this thing. Yeah, is not is people not one of your go to sites of the day. Uh, definitely not a top hundred. I'd very comfortably say. Do you still go to sites? Or do you like just absorb news through Twitter? Yeah, at this I go. Point? I go through sites. Like I'll go through like news sites, I guess, and take a look and see what's around. Especially like, niche stuff. I I am sold. I use an RSS reader. No, oh, well, they're going to die
1: out soon enough, anyway. So I know I'm sad about that because it's such a nice way to get news.
0: What is your reader of choice? Uh, it is literally called Reader. Oh,
1: with uh, but R E E D E R. It's a oh. Mac app
0: and iOS app. Uh, so what you're saying is that you enjoy puns, you enjoy uh, simple things that are about to go out of style, and you enjoy uh, weird blobs. And were a paranormal romance story to be written about this blob, would you read it? No, I wouldn't. And it's not a... it's It would be a horrifying story at that point. It's not even romance anymore. It's, it's a horror story. Love comes in different shapes and sizes, and I feel... Like you don't understand it. And with that, I'm going to call this episode to close, Angelo. Before we get weirder and nuttier, how does that sound?
1: Yeah, I think the uh, medication you've been taking is slowly uh, taking over the your perfect
0: brain. cocktail of like Buckley's uh, vitamin C tablets, uh, monster energy drinks, and like food. Uh, is slowly eroding and lack of sleep i think is slowly eroding in my brain to the point where two to three days from now i might not even be physically functional so i'm glad we're recording tonight and not on a tuesday or wednesday where i would have been way more nonsensical oh so that's why you want to stick to tonight okay though well, that makes sense now yeah like my physical deterioration is going to occur in the next couple of days so i'd rather we do this now while i'm still mostly here versus wednesday when i'm gonna be like 30 percent here well,
1: that's good then. I'll I'll spend the rest of the week just uh, checking up on my toilet to make sure it's not going to
0: explode again. We each have our own burdens to bear here, Angelo. It literally Angelo exploded, density. Brian. It was I know, crazy. I know, I know. You've we've talked about this. You didn't take any pictures. So I don't believe it, but uh, I, I I'm sorry, dude. I don't know well, what else to say.
1: My son ran upstairs, two flights of stairs, to his mother who was sleeping, and told the toilet exploded. Uh, so imagine waking up to that. And it being very truthful, your your kid wasn't lying. No, he wasn't but uh, let's end this Brian I think, yes. I think yeah. we're at this point.
0: let's put a bow on top of it you can go ahead and find Double Density all over the place on the internet including Twitter double underscore density facebook.com slash double density podcast same thing on Instagram you can also email us at double density podcast at gmail.com or head on over to double density.net and uh, click on the contact page to contact us you can click on the host page to find out a little bit more about us and then um, right on the uh, front of the site you can find out the different services by which you can actually subscribe to us we're on you know Spotify Google Play, um, Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, Castro. I'm probably missing like 10 or 12 more, but uh Podbean, uh, you know, we're out there. Just use your podcast player and download the show. All right, folks, tune in next week as I presumably <laughs> return to full health and find a new excuse as to why I spend my time on this podcast. Rambling. Angelo, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for putting up with me. Same here, Brian. Let's go check some toilets. <laughs> See ya, dude. See ya. Sorry, I'm burping. It's really awful. Um
1: <sighs> Boy.